A podcast of the cinema, hosted by me, Alonzo Duraldi, you, Dave White. We're film critics for The Wrap. I host other podcasts. We are spouses. Yes. I said to knock all that out as we get started. Yes. I remember one time somebody said, I can't remember now who this was. Someone said, stop introducing yourselves. <laughs> and I was like, but we have to. Yeah. <laughs> what if this could be someone's first what, episode? Yeah, how will they know uh, what the I can't remember now who said that to us. Stop introducing <laughs> yourselves. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess this was a longtime listener who was just fed up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, we've had episodes where we didn't remember to introduce ourselves until like twenty five minutes in. It's true, so, you know. We're just trying to be better. I, I just remember that. I remember that moment. And, and I thought, oh, no, what's the right answer? I don't know. <laughs> Do we stop introducing ourselves? You let people sort it out along well, the way? Well, it's not like we're on YouTube where, like, if you... Is this going to be, like, the Frederick Wiseman version <laughs> of a documentary of a podcast we where don't introduce nobody anything. knows who you are until, like, 30 minutes in, the contextually... <laughs> I, which is, you know what? Maybe not a bad idea. Maybe. I like, you know, on YouTube, if you aren't like grabbing them every second, then you lose your algorithm or whatever. So like, what is we, that? What do you mean by well, that? Well, like, like on Breakfast All Day, we had to sort of like chop out introducing ourselves at the beginning, doing like the, hey, check out our Patreon at the end. It's just like, bam in, really? bam out. Yeah. That's oh, crazy. I guess podcast people don't want to be like, you know, three minutes with us and then goodbye. Probably not. They want. They've committed. The full experience. Yeah. The long director's extended cut. Yes. Of the long Dave White pauses. <laughs> trying to do better. No, I'm not. No, you're not. I'm never trying to do better on that. Look, it's just how I talk. I, it is. Sometimes I know. Sometimes I'm just in the middle of a sentence and I I lose my way. And you, I think you think you're impatient, what is, listeners. What's the second half of this sentence going to be? Let me artisanally handcraft it for you. Everybody, wait. There's just going to be a little moment of I, I got this silence. <laughs> maybe an uh <laughs> to you know to punctuate like a little sprinkle on an ice cream cone. Oh, there you go. I am. Uh, distracted this morning by this Dolly Parton banana cake box. The box itself or or well, what the, it entails? The, yeah, what it entails. Like, I was so enthusiastic about getting it. Yes. Because I was like, I want to taste what Dolly Parton's banana cake tastes like. Yeah. You know, I've made banana cakes before. They're good. I make them from scratch. This will not be from scratch. But oh, ho, 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 it's kind of almost as complicated as from scratch. Well, I mean, you could just do, if you do the recipe on the side, it's the, you know, like, oh, yeah. la well, da box cake mix. There's the easy prep recipe. But yes. the, it's the recipe the on the Dolly's, back. Dolly's favorite banana pudding mm -hmm. with a 
apostrophe. Didn't after she the end. produce a Netflix movie called Puddin? Listen, <laughs> she is never not she's working. A, she's a she's a cultural treasure, and always on the make. I, and I for I, more I, branding I, I, opportunities. I respect the hustle. <laughs> She is all of those things at once. This um requires uh like an extra box of instant banana pudding mix or vanilla. I, I believe you mean pudding. pudding. Well, that's not what Jello or calls it. It's pudding. Yeah. Uh, you need heavy cream. You need an actual banana. You need some vanilla wafers. You need a whole a lot of different things, and there's a lot of steps. Mm. I'm, you know, I am making it for Sunday. I need to get a hold of some of this now. The instant they, pudding mix. I don't know where do you buy that. These the grocery days? store still has really? it. Really? Yeah, okay. I mean, not in a ton of flavors, but they'll have been. I never think about. I never think about instant pudding mix. I, you know, it's it it's been there all along, waiting for your attention. And yes. Uh, and you know you can also buy the uh, frosting with Dolly's face on the can. But they, uh, I'll they make did, my own. They I, did not have any yeah, where I I'll bought the mixer. I, I would have just to you know fulfill the bit. But it's a Sunday dinner uh, situation. The normal friends are coming over. Pilar is coming over. Yeah, the niece, the niece Pilar. Yes, yes. Um, and you know. We're all going to dig into this Dolly Parton cake, see how we like it. Woo! You got two boxes. It better be good because if we got, if we don't like this first box, we're stuck with the second one. Well, you know, the second one. It's a good eBay for $25, yeah, which is it, what people seem to be doing. There's that. Or is it, anyone paying that amount for it? I don't, it seems I don't, so crazy. I don't know what the demand there is. It could also just be decorative in the kitchen, you know. Like, no. With our, like, the kitchen, next, next to the can of no, J.R. beer. You no, know? the kitchen is not a moment of decoration. There are. Uh, small things in the kitchen that are just there because they're funny. But the 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 kitchen is, I need space to work. I, I can't just be I having know, things I cluttering. It's fine. I got business to tend to in there. No. TCB. <laughs> <laughs> this is not an Elvis cake. It's a dolly cake. Uh, it's got bananas, which makes it half an Elvis cake. True. Yeah. Nanners. Nana pudding. But, but, I mean, if we're being real, Dolly is more important than Elvis. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe in 40 years, we'll get Baz Luhrmann's Dolly Parton biopic. Alyssa Wilkinson on Twitter talked about, she tweeted today, she says, What's the inside of Baz Luhrmann's head look like? If he gets an MRI, does the machine explode? <laughs> and the funny thing about this, although I did not respond because I didn't want to like steal any moment from her joke. Yeah. 20 years ago, I interviewed Baz Luhrmann and asked him a slight variation on that very question. Mm. I said, all right, let's talk about what's in your head versus what makes it to the screen. What, what's in your head compared to what we see mm -hmm. finished product. And he just said more. <laughs> And I was well, like, I assumed I think, <laughs> that was true. I think that's universal for practically any artist, though. I, I think, I think. Okay, 
between the... Cons- but we're talking about Baz Luhrmann. No, absolutely. All right. But I'm just saying, I think... Return be- to the topic. Between here. the con- conceptualization and the final version, you know this. You 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 probably... You write stuff in your head, and then by the time you have to put it on paper, it's like, it doesn't flow the way that it did when you were half asleep and oh, thinking no, about it. Oh, no. When I wrote this in my head, I sounded like an adult, and now I sound like a, like a deranged seven-year-old. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure if you asked Robert Brisson, what do you have in your head, he would say... Less. <laughs> Much less. He's dead. Well, yeah. you know what I mean. But back in the day. Yes. Uh, he wrote a whole book about it, actually. Notes on the cinematograph. Mm. Little, little little aphorisms about what to do when constructing. Make movies the Robert Brisson way. Cinema. <laughs> yes. It's a, text, it's a textbook. Now, at... Chapman, <laughs> a fat chance that you used oh, in your God. class that one time. Everyone here, <laughs> the studios are going to eat this up. Oh. When y'all go out looking for jobs, give them a lot of, a lot of Brissonian uh, uh, <laughs> lines. They will love you for that, and they will, they will, they'll give you the next ju- hire you on the Jurassic spot. Park movie. Uh-huh. It's going to be all yours. God. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. We do have films to talk about this week. We do. Um, I've seen one of them. (laughs) (laughs) You. Uh, You watched the other two? Yeah. We have three in their entirety to discuss. Bob's Burgers? Yes. Top Gun, whatever it is. Maverick. The sequel, yeah. And Downton Abbey, whatever it is. A New Era. Yeah, that one. Okay. Also, it's the Bob's Burgers movie. You got all three titles wrong. That's... Maybe a new record for you. Alonzo. <laughs> All I have in my head right now is banana cake. Is banana cake and excitement that we're going to go see Il Buco this afternoon. Okay. Okay. Uh, I have never watched the television series Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Everyone loves it. I've seen little clips of it here and there, like mm-hmm. the one where the gay, where you keep going back to buy the meat. The gay butcher yeah. is 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 hitting the on. Bob is flirting is with him. Is that Bob? Him? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've seen that clip too. That's I, funny. I watched like I think the first two, and I was like, mm, not really for me. And then like a month later, it was everyone's favorite right. show, and I was like, all the clips I've seen make me laugh. So I guess maybe I could go back and begin at the beginning sure. and. And uh, catch up on this thing that everybody loves. But this movie is not the place for me to begin. I would say no. I just know that intuitively and I know it explicitly uh, because I have seen both of the Downton Abbey movies. And earlier I watched that Veronica Mars movie (laughs) and had no idea what was going on. Yeah, in my tenure at The Wrap, I have had to do several reviews of... TV show movies of TV shows I've never watched. Right. And what I always do is let's assign a second review where somebody else who really knows the material gives their point of view. So it's not just me being like, I don't know what this is, you know. But I think there are a lot of people out there who maybe don't know what it is. And so I I speak for them. Um, So like Veronica Maz, we had a second review. uh, uh, Entourage. Our friend Johnny Jungle Guts was the second review for Detective Pikachu. Right. Um, which I felt very good about the fact that neither of us liked it very much. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like the Pokemon people could come at me about that one because no, Johnny Jungle Guts has done like entire 
art installations about Pokemon. Pokemon like he is no, you know, come hither, nope. uh, uh, you know, fair weather mm-hmm. uh, uh, Pokemon go to the polls. Um, right. He, he knows his stuff. And even he was kind of like, eh, on this movie. Like he'd seen all 20 whatever cartoon versions. Right. <laughs> So yeah, so Bob's Burgers again. I, I we have we have a, a fan of the show also reviewing the, the movie at the wrap. But yeah, my takeaway is kind of like I bet this is a lot of fun if you've seen the show and right. loved the show, and if you haven't, it's good. Like it's fine. It you know um, with a with when when a TV show becomes a movie, they kind of have two choices: you either burrow more deeply into the established world that people know, or you decide to like the way to build your audience is like, oh, we're going to send them to Paris or, you know, or Hawaii or the Grand Canyon or something, you know. And they they go with position, they go with choice A. It's The all, Rugrats went to Paris. The Rugrats went to Paris, yeah. for instance. Um, but only in the second movie. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, so they, they, they keep them, they keep it very much, you know, the, the characters that exist, the, the location that exists, all that stuff. The premise is that um, there is a banknote coming due, and uh, Bob is very depressed about this. His wife, Linda, who is always very supportive of him, um, thinks that they can make up the difference by really like getting out there and you know selling a bunch of burgers. And then just when that's about to happen, a giant sinkhole opens in front of the restaurant. Oh, now, I do know all about giant sinkholes. Because I watched the television program La Brea. Oh, this is true. Yes. Well, so this... I'm 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 basically a science expert about sinkholes that lead to the year 10,000 BC. Yes, this sinkhole does not go millennia into the past, but oh. it does uh, have a skeleton in it. Um, oh, okay. Uh, which then leads to a mystery that the three kids have to solve to save the burger place. Um, I did not know that the landlord of the burger place has been played on the TV show all along by Kevin Klein. Oh, well. <laughs> and he was my favorite part of this movie. Well, you know, he's got that delivery. He does. And yeah. and the thing was, like, I, as soon as I saw it in closing credits, I was like, yes, of course, that was Kevin Klein. But the whole movie, I was like, I know, th- I know this voice. And who is this? I know who this is. And I couldn't think Kevin Klein because I guess I just never thought he would do the Bob's Burgers thing. But apparently he has been. And he's very good at it. You hear um, that voice and you think, oh, Shakespeare. <laughs> the Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's stumbling around the house thing. Phoebe, <laughs> where's my belt? I've lost it. Where did I put my belt? <laughs> It, it, look, it's entertaining. That's what I do. I, I'm always asking. You're always looking work. for your belt. Put my belt. Um, there's, you know, there are random musical numbers thrown in, which are fun, and apparently that's a thing on the show as well. Um, so, you know, if you're a fan of, from what I have gleaned from other sources, including the other review at the wrap, but also from you know Christy, if you're a fan of Bob's Burgers, you'll have a blast at the movie. And if you're not, it'll be, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, cute. <laughs> did it did it make you laugh? Did it inspire you to perhaps go back and revisit the show? Yes and no. Okay, yes it made you laugh. Why does not why do you still not want to watch the show? Because the show's been on for like 11 seasons So it's or just something. because there's too much. Kind of. Yeah, it's it's what you, I call too doc- much of a commitment. Doctor Who syndrome. Okay. Like I just I feel like I can't wade in. I have to either start at the beginning or forget it, you know. Um, but it's, I, but I get why people like it. You know, I, 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 this, I, I see this and I, I, you know, it's a 
very talented voice cast, you know, Kristen Schaal, H. John Benjamin. Um, uh, there are some... What's the name of the guy from the Christmas tree video? Oh, look at the tree. I don't know his name. I uh, John something, I'm forgetting, but I'll, I'll look it up. But, uh, the, Forgive us. The, uh, you know, there is... There are there are definitely jokes in there that would have worked for me if I'd known what the, John Roberts. Okay, if I'd known what they were about, like there's there's a whole there's several conversations about like the landlord's brother's ex girlfriend or current girlfriend and like she's she's a she's a handful. Um, I knew that Tina, the oldest daughter, like wrote weird like child erotic fiction about butts, <laughs> but apparently there's also Wait, stop. She's a child. She is a child. She's a child. She is sort of fixated on butts, but doesn't quite know why, but she writes about them. But wait, she's a child who writes sex stories about butts? Not sex stories. You said erotic fiction. Well, that's how it's been described to me. I don't know. It's it's romantic fiction? I don't, I don't understand. Know. I'm okay. not quite, Again, I don't either. Like I would have liked a All little right. more explanation of that, especially okay. when like the zombies came in. Apparently, sure. that's part of her thing. And right. I don't know. Zombies what... and butts. Zombies and butts. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's it, it, I'm, I'm not mad at this movie, but I just I'm, I'm not the intended audience. Because <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Yeah, but kind of. I, I mean, I, I think I mean, the worst I can say about this Where movie. Where is the show streaming? Uh, Hulu, I think. Is it all on Hulu? I believe so. I think oh, it okay. is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I could. The, the the worst I can say into it. the worst I can say about this movie is that it doesn't it, it's not maybe enough of a gateway for non viewers to get into it, but it's not like completely you know baffling either. Okay, I I have some overarching ideas about this sort of thing. Okay, like we said earlier, we both saw the Veronica Mars movie. Yeah, back when it came out. Neither one of us had ever watched the show. Right. I remember being at that press screening that was filled with Veronica Mars fans. And they were cheering and applauding for seemingly uh, banal moments. Right. For me, anyway. Things that would have just passed me by. Someone walks into a room. Sure. Somebody has a certain object or whatever. Somebody says something that's like a cue kind of word, well, and it'd be like if if we if there were a Gilmore Girls theatrical movie and somebody walked in with a T shirt that said Babette ate oatmeal, right? You would be like, ha ha, I know what that is. And yeah, other people yeah. would be like, I don't. What is right? That? No, I know. I get. I understand. I understand. Which is where I'm going with this. Um, you and I have watched Downton Abbey. Yes, from the very beginning, from episode one. Yes. It quickly became a very comforting Sunday night soap opera. Yes, that we enjoyed as it aired. Like it wasn't like we were saving it up and binging it every no. Sunday oh, night. We were hooked in. Yeah, every Sunday night it was cozy time with Downton Abbey, <laughs> and and seeing the Downton Abbey movie, which we're talking about later in the show, allowed me to contextualize. You mean right now talking about? Oh, we're, we're segmenting right? I thought we were right. still on Bob's Burgers. I was saying, it oh, wait, helped, is there more to say about Bob's Burgers? I was just going to say, it helped me contextualize my I, my thoughts about Bob's Burgers as a non-viewer versus being a viewer of Downton Abbey. Right. Yes. And more than just Downton Abbey, more than just Bob's Burgers, more than just Veronica Mars or 
Uh, wasn't there a Firefly? Uh, Serenity was the movie. Firefly was the show. I have seen neither. Right. So, you know, all of this together makes me think in terms of the Marvel and the DC movies mm-hmm. that are not just increasingly uh, interrelated, interrelated, but increasing increasingly uh, restrictive to people who don't keep up with every you know facet of sure. this world like we are now experiencing films in theaters that demand that you have seen a tv show <laughs> true no, not simply that you have seen the earlier uh the show that uh, it's based on not no 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 not simply that you have seen the film that came before it right. that was about that particular marvel character sure. but now you're expected to having to have seen the first Doctor Strange and Wanda the Wanda show, yeah. and I'm like, no, <laughs> I just what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to invest all that time, and you know, make a make a a a, a beautiful mind board on my wall <laughs> about how everything is you know interconnected. Uh, interconnected. What if I don't want to do that? Well, it, what if it? What if there just doesn't seem to be enough hours in my life to do that? I am concerned. This is, goes back now to the James Gray interview mm, yes. from Cannes this week, where he talks about you are diminishing the number of people who want to be in your who want to go to movies, paying audience in a movie theater. Um, and it just happened to me with the Doctor Strange multiverse movie. You came home and said, it's fine. And so that was like a little bit of a strike one. And mm-hmm. then other people like, oh, you have to watch WandaVision. I'm like, well, I saw like three episodes of WandaVision. And then I didn't see the rest of them because I just didn't. It sure. wasn't because I hated it right. or because I think I'm better than this. I'm not Francis Ford Coppola out here being like, <laughs> they're terrible. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know, because he had just recently right. or today even said, oh, Scorsese was being too nice. <laughs> These movies were rotten. <laughs> and and I don't agree with that at all. I just don't want to have to... Do the homework. Tie myself to the tracks of this branding machine. It's interesting, the three movies that we're doing today, because yes, Top Gun Maverick <laughs> also, like, you know, Christy in our review on Breakfast All Day said, she goes, I know this makes you sound like a hypocrite. But all of the fan service stuff that I hated in the Ghostbusters movie right. from last year, yes. I loved in Top Gun. No, but it, it is that same kind of thing of like, and and I I did not go back and rewatch Top Gun before watching Maverick, but I did after watching Maverick. Yes, and I'm like, oh oh, like the specific shots. It turns out Jennifer Connelly's character is referenced several times in the first Top Gun oh, movie, but never seen. Got like it. all of this stuff where it's like, okay, fan service, fan service, fan service. Okay. But Downton Abbey is where fan service meets tea service. Uh, yes, it is. Um, in any case, what I'm saying at the outset here, talking about Downton Abbey, colon, a new era, uh-huh. is that please don't go see it if you haven't watched every single episode of every single season and the of, previous of Downton Abbey and you have seen the last the first sorry the the the, the Downton Abbey film that came before this one mm-hmm. and recently or that you are in a movie theater that is showing you the little previously on Downton Abbey uh, fe- 
featurette yes. before the film starts. It's also on YouTube. <laughs> I went in to the Downton Abbey movie uh, yesterday afternoon, 2 p.m. Uh, it was me and a, this is how I know I live in Southern California, me and a shaggy blonde uh, surfer dude in flip-flops who also desired a little bit of Downton Abbey on his Wednesday afternoon. Um, when we went to see the late Sally Kellerman in concert, was there not a dude there wearing a t-shirt that said Weed of Wisdom? There was. <laughs> there was. Look, entertainment is for the people. Exactly. Yes. So anyway, um, I went in yesterday and as secondary characters uh, who haven't been with the show the entire time, uh -huh. As they popped up, I was like, wait, who's that? <laughs> Who are you again? Who'd you get married to? Is that, wait, did the, the chauffeur has a new wife? <laughs> did that happen in the last movie? In the show? I don't even remember anymore because the last movie was what, four years ago or something? Something like that. Yeah. And I, I, obviously, you know, over the course of its running time, I, I was able to mentally piece it, together. Play, piece it together. But I was like, oh yeah, Daisy got married to the, the other the, guy, the footman, and the and the, the oh the farmer. They but they're with living the with the dead. They're living with the dead, dead husband's father. Like <laughs> there's so many little details that just go right past you. If you don't know this show yeah. inside and out, if you don't remember the episode where they let tourists visit the abbey, you are sunk. Yeah, don't do it. Um. I saw it at an AMC, which marked the very first time <laughs> for me to watch the Nicole Kidman uh, on the big screen bit. Yeah, now did, I had seen it. Singles? I had seen it once on YouTube yeah. because that was part of the conversation of when course. it came out. Uh, but I, since returning to theaters, I had not been in an AMC theater for anything other than a press screening, where they don't show that, and where they don't do that because you don't get trailers at a press screening, right? Um, Did you stand? I've been to, I've been to the all the art allegiance? houses in Los Angeles because I'm a responsible citizen. <laughs> Did you stand up and put your hand on your heart and, and, like and recite the pledge? With, I felt with like doing it. Look, first of all, I'm gonna. I know I'm a year late with this, but I don't care. Her outfit. Mwah. Yes. What a shiny, stripy, whatever that is she's wearing. Has when do we think the last time she's actually stepped in a puddle was? In a puddle? Yeah. Yeah, the, she, at, she step, at, the, at the beginning, she steps like right by a puddle and like she's, near she's reflected in it. Yeah, and no, a, she's not know. in a puddle. I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not Nicole Kidman she, is never in a puddle. I know that. But unless it's saying, a set. But is she, I'm just saying that she was even near one. <laughs> Somebody was saying, you don't go to movies. Someone on Twitter uh, not, re, not long ago was saying, she doesn't go to movie theaters. And I was like, not true. She may not go to AMC movie I, theaters. I... I, I not true. I we know for a fact yes. from friend a friend who works in a movie theater, an art house theater yeah. in Nashville, that she and Mr. Kidman go to the movies all the time. It, the Belcourt. This is uh, this is common knowledge. Okay. Look, she actually made an appear. She she did a Q and A after a screening of The Northman there on opening. Oh, weekend. okay. See, she's cool. And she's of the people. When she. When she says all the things in the in the AMC ad, mm. it just made me feel all excited. She made me feel all excited about being in a movie theater. I was like, the mission accomplished. Nicole Kidman, <laughs> never never leave us. 
always talk to us about how great it is to go to the movies, please. <laughs> Heartbreak did feel good. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold. They need to run that forever. They probably will. They need to run that. <laughs> For what it costs them, I'm sure they will. <laughs> they need to run that forever. It is, it is the best thing. I remember... There's this, I don't know if they're still doing this, those animated sort of sequences about, like, don't leave a bag anywhere and look for the exits. Oh, and, right, and right. All I don't think they do that anymore, but, boy, they can leave those out forever. They they need just to have Nicole Kidman forever. <laughs> and if, it, if, if, if it's a contractual thing, they either need to pay her more or make her do another one, Ooh. like hire her to do a second one where she's like, I'm still here. Well, at, at, I'm <laughs> still here in the movie theater with you. At, at some point... A, don't you love... <laughs> to see movies with me, <laughs> Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. At some point, AMC will zazz up their presentation of what their theater, what the new theaters look like, right? And they'll have to do another one just to keep up with the times, right? You know? Always but, listen. Whatever she charges you, worth pay it. it, pay it, bring her back. <laughs> it's it is it is the best pre-show thing since the old General Cinema. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah, remember Candy in Space. Oh yeah, in the general cinemas uh, pre-show and the, thing. the thing going into the trash can. <laughs> yeah, they recreated that on Mystery Science Theater <laughs> once. Uh, okay, so Downton Abbey. Yes, uh, I learned something Which from is... watching Downton Abbey: uh, a new era. Uh, I never knew what the definition, the original definition of the word Veruca was. Oh yeah. Veruca Salt, the character in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, Veruca Salt, the band. Mm. It never occurred to me <laughs> that that was a word. That there was a word that was called Veruca and that it was a thing mm. and that it is a wart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a painful or an open wound, I a think. A painful uh, wart. I, uh, I didn't know it until uh, Little Britain. Yes. Uh, they made, there was some joke about public pools, and it's like, well, if you have an unusual something or a veruca, you right. know, uh, that, that's what made me look it up. But yes, it's a word. Maggie Smith is, of course, the one who delivers of a course. line about something being as pleasant as a veruca. <laughs> and I uh, was happy. I did not Google the word until after the film was over, but I kept a note inside my head yes. about it. All right, so here's the plot. Of Downton Abbey, colon, a new era. The Downton Abbey gang <laughs> need a new roof. The roof's leaky. Yes. And they, they live in a castle, so it's a big roof. It's a lot of roof. Yes. A lot of roof. Um, Lord Grantham, more tanned and trim than ever before. So tan, and I... Like, he's been he's been off in, like, Greece playing tennis. I, like, he is... I, I, Umber. Fit and orangey. I really want to know the history of because there was a there was a moment when rich people started getting tans because it meant I summer on the Riviera. Yeah. And before that it was like I don't have a tan because I'm not working in the fields like a peasant. Right. And I want to know where in history we are exactly, because both Lord Grantham and Mr. Carson have very yeah, band soleil. Mr. Carson, the butler, would not um would not be uh, even if you were gardening, he would hair. have a hat on. This is a guy who wears <laughs> yes. tweed to the south of France. <laughs> it was like we were talking about how uh, we were watching the Mary Tyler Moore show on yeah. Hulu. You can always and tell the beginning, the of beginning of, of every season because Ed Asner and, <laughs> and, uh, and Gavin McLeod, Gavin McLeod, 
Uh, and Mary. And Mary. They all show up like they have been in Tahiti for six months. Like the Rubbing tan, iodine and the baby oil on themselves. are so deep. You're like, y'all live in Minneapolis and it's always snowing. <laughs> Even in July. Yeah. Um, but so uh, they are, uh, they need a new roof. In fact, Lord Grantham goes up to the attic when someone says, how long has it been? How long has it been since you've seen the attics? Apparently there's more than one. Yeah. And he was like, oh, not since I was a child. Like this <laughs> entire wings of this estate is, that I don't. He is the worst land manager ever. Like that's the thing we've learned from this show. He's the, the worst landlord, the worst attention to detail person, the worst business person. The worst like person to get married to, in fact, <laughs> at the time. We find out. At the end of the movie. No, no, that's come up before. Oh, has it? Yeah, remember the whole thing. The the whole thing about like uh, how how they 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 fall back in love with each other over the course in the early seasons of the show. Yes, but they discuss the fact that he absolutely married her for her money. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, which is I guess I had forgotten about that. I knew that in the first season of the show that he sometimes had some dalliances. Yeah, that's no longer the case. Um, he he loves Cora all over again. Cora played by. The great Elizabeth McGovern, yes. whose husband, Simon Curtis, is the director of this film. Yes. Um, I was disappointed that it, at no point did she invite people to come in for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, they leave out every opportunity to, for her to have that accent that she's developed <laughs> over time. Um, which I, I believe now is her accent. Like, like She has lived in England for so long now as a, as a non you know, as, as a yank, an American who's lived in England forever yeah. because she married a British guy. She now has this strange mid-Atlantic hybrid where words are pronounced like no other human being other than Elizabeth McGovern. Yeah. Like it, she hasn't gone full Madonna or anything, no. but it's definitely, yeah, there's something. No, Madonna's was a case of like, I'm so happy to be living in this new place. That I will I'm, adopt it. As I'm, a part kind of of my... a, I'm kind of adopting sure. it. Yeah. However, unselfconsciously. Um, Elizabeth McGovern is the is is one of those situations where it's a subtle shift. She's just lived there a long time. Yeah, you know. Um, so where you you hear her, and it's like your sister who's lived in Spain for like forty years. Yeah, when people ask her where she's from, <laughs> they're like, "Well, they know I'm not from here, but they think I might be from Cuba." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the. Uh, yeah, he, he, she says at the end of the movie, she's like, "You didn't love me when we married each other. I loved you, right? And I and I was determined to make that love grow." And then, of course, he breaks down and cries, and he loves her so much, and it's very sweet, it actually moving. Like you're like, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if of course you've seen every episode of every season exactly. of the first movie, then you feel something for these people. You've been on a journey with them. These magical unicorn people who are not only. <laughs> And we've said this many times before. Not only are they practically in love with their staff to the point where there is almost no division of status in the house anymore. The, the staff just go where they want. 
They address whoever they feel like addressing. Yeah. They just walk into a room. They are happy to. Well, here's the thing. You know, they, they, at, at the beginning, it's like, oh, they're all at the wedding. I'm like, oh, right, because he used to be the staff. Right. <laughs> Tom Branson, the former yeah. chauffeur. Like, yeah. oh, so like, that I'm sure blew up. They marry in that into. House. The, they, not only is there no class division, <laughs> they marry into the family. Oh, sure, yeah. Like they are so determined that like the the this is one big happy family. There is. There is an upstairs and a downstairs, but who's really thinking about that? Exactly. Nobody's really thinking about that. So, in other words, this is science fiction fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, they have like progressive social attitudes about Barrow, uh-huh. who is the gay yep. butler, and they're all like, "It's such a uh, actually." <laughs> Lady Mary does say something like. I hope you find happiness in this cruel world. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, I am actually. I'm going to leave this house now and go live in the United States with Cary Grant. <laughs> we love us now. <laughs> so they they need the roof fixed. Yes. So they and agree. They agree to have a film people. A film people come to make a movie at Downton Abbey. They want to turn the great the great hall area into a fake casino. A 19th century casino. And um <laughs> and the people in the house who are mortified by this, both the uh the staff family and, the, and family. the staff, they're all like, oh, there's an opportunity for us to all go to the south of France and and poach a villa from someone who died and, and, and left it to Violet. Great, let's do that. They are always on the trail of some fresh cash. Because <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> like, heaven forbid they have to actually do a job. Right. They've got to go get, they've got to go take someone's inheritance away from them. <laughs> and everyone's like, but we were given it. It, they gave it to us. Never, never once does anyone say it's not right for us to take this entire estate from someone. Well, okay, but the guy did give it to them. He, the, but guy, like, the guy, the guy gave it to them, and the and, and, and the the surviving wife has like three other houses. She'll sure. be okay. Yeah, if she doesn't have this awesome well, villa. You know who right the Downton Abbey people? You know what the Downton Abbey people have? Basically, an entire village. It's also that that they mostly own. Yes, that they, that they <laughs> lease. So, like, yeah. Yes, but they don't. They don't have a place. Look, what about Sibby, Dave? <laughs> Sibby's not getting an inheritance. Sibby, she needs something. I'm going to tell you what's going to go on with Sibby. <laughs> you don't need to know who Sibby is if you don't know anything <laughs> about this movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sibby's going to grow up. World War II is going to hit. She's going to be like, she's eight, gonna roll bandages for the red. She's going to be like 18 when World War II happens, and and she's going to she's going to become like a. A, a, a nurse and then she's going to be like you know what I'm really good at this I'm just going to do this, this is, I'm going to have a job now right. and her dad is going to be like that's good because I was a revolutionary socialist at one point and now I just sit around <laughs> before I got you should contribute bought by the ruling <laughs> you, class <laughs> you should contribute something to the world because I decided not to and, and then so, and then in her 40s she's going to open a mod boutique in uh, yeah. on, on Carnaby yeah, Street she's not <laughs> she's leaving and never coming back <laughs> And the way she's going to do that is she's going to have this inheritance. But what she's going to do is she's going to turn it into an artist's colony. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, she was born at just the right time mm. to, to experience the, the full 20th the, the century. The full freedom of the 20th century. Um, and so, so half the family goes to the south of France to poach this estate. The other half of the family stays behind to like... To ooh and ah over the picture people. Yeah. So here come the movie stars. Uh, it's um, Dominic West... Who is basically playing Cary Grant? Yeah. Um, 
and and then a woman played by eh, mm. I blanked on her name, but she is Lena uh, Lamont. She's essentially Lena Lamont from Singing in the Rain. When they realize that the talkies are coming, she knows and is deeply upset and very angry about the fact that she uh, is going to lose her career because she does not have the posh, rich person accent. Right. She has a working class accent. In fact, she's all like, Oi, give me a creme de menthe. Like, it's <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, Laura Haddock is the actress. Laura Haddock. Uh, and she's mean to everybody because she's angry about her career is going to go belly up. And boom, in steps Lady Mary to provide dialogue. To be her Debbie Reynolds. For Lena Lamont. Okay. This is, in fact, my favorite uh, meta joke of the movie. Meta joke in the film, and I will explain why. Michelle Dockery, the actress who plays Lady Mary. Oh, Lady Mary. Lady Mary. 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 Mr. Pamuk. Michelle Michelle Dockery's real-life accent is more akin to... uh, Guy uh, Ritchie movie. A Guy Ritchie movie (laughs) than... I like a bit of a (laughs) cavol. Or uh, on AbFab when uh, Joanna Lumley is on the plane and yells, Oi, peanuts! Because <laughs> she has, you know, proven herself to to do the posh bit very well over oh, yeah. the years. Like, that, that's the thing. Like, not only does she sound like Lady Mary, you think that's how she's going to talk yeah. when she speaks. It's not until she you see her not. on a talk show or something, you're like, oh! <laughs> you, and then she's a master of accents because she did a TV series here in the States for a while where mm-hmm. she... Played American, but it's not just that that flat American, like I'm from nowhere kind of accent, affectless. You know. She can also do sort of a Southern California girl <laughs> and do it really well because she funny. did it on one of the talk shows. Um, and you're and you see her do that and you think, oh, you can do anything, <laughs> you know. Um, so I loved that moment of the person who kind of almost sounds like this character. In real life. In real life is doing the thing for you. It's, it's fun. Um, it all works out in the end. Yes. <laughs> Everyone gets paid. Uh, people get uh, everything they want. And uh, the, everyone's happy. And at the last possible minute, setups for a new film uh, are, are introduced. You know, this person's in love. This person's getting married. This person's pregnant. This person... Uh, has a complete change of career. Has a complete change of career. This person has a health scare. This person has a. This person dies. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no more of this person in the next film. If there is a next film, I wonder yeah. if we're going to get any of Lady Mary's second husband because all he does in this movie is send telegrams. Because yeah, they, Matthew Good. Right? Yeah, he's too yeah. busy being Robert Evans on the offer. Right, they, they didn't get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't in this at all. He was like. I'm off. But but, but it gives what, her room to flirt with Hugh Dancy as the director yes, of the movie. Yes. Uh so look. I enjoy the Downton Abbey movies. Yeah. It should really just be a TV show again. Like, why are we screwing around with these wait four years between films? Well, make schedules. Me, make me forget. Eh. What are they doing? Everybody, I know what it is. They all just like, I don't want to come back for a series. I'd want to be free. I want to be in pictures. Yeah. Um, Look, if you if you love Bob's Burgers, go see Bob's Burgers. If you love Downton Abbey, go see Downton Abbey. Down Abbey. And if you love Top Gun, but God help you. Is Downton Abbey a good movie? No, Not it's really. very boring. <laughs> and it, is. it it relies entirely upon your pre-existing affection for these yeah. characters. 
And you're not meant to decide whether or not it's a well-made film. You just are happy to be with the people you like. Yeah, it's like, it's fan fiction in a way, yeah. but it's just done by all the actual, it's fan fiction by Julian Fellows. <laughs> I have not seen Top Gun Maverick yet. However, I feel like I should, even though I hated Top Gun in 1986, and we are going to watch Top Gun at the LK Club meeting this yes. Saturday night, so I'm going to watch that again, revisit my my hatred for the 80s moment I had with it, uh, and then go see the new one, and be able to have a bit more of a nuanced discussion about this, but you saw it, yeah. and I'll tell you, you're going to give us the first, what's the first take, Alonzo, <laughs> on Top Gun Maverick? feels weirdly appropriate for this exact moment in the history of cinema in that. Why? In that it is a movie that if you're going to see it, it demands that you see it as big and loud and shaky as possible. Like, Should I get a D-Box ticket? I would say if you, were, if you were ever going to D-Box a movie, this might be the one to D-Box. Because it is... The seat is going to... Wait. Is it going to turn upside down? Is I the seat going to turn think, upside down? I don't think D-Box me... technology is there yet. Am I going to do a throw up? No. If I'm in the D-Box seat. <laughs> you're not going to be in one of those, uh, what were those, remember in the 90s, there were those those things that people were into there. They were kind of like bungee jumping, but it was also like in every direction possible. Oh, like at raves when people get in those gyroscopes? Yes, the gyroscope <laughs> thing. That, yeah, They don't have that in a D-Box just yet. Um, alternate and the prodigy are like <laughs> and you're spinning around and then you have a smart drink you're on e you've got a smart drink yeah uh that's what we used to call molly kids <laughs> just call it e that's right next yeah. is the e um yeah so it, it is it is all sensation it is it is practically a theme park ride yeah uh and on that level it is effective like the the effects are cool the flying sequences are exciting but it's nonsense, you know. Um, right. Going back and watching the old Top Gun. Downton Abbey is also nonsense. Oh, absolutely, yes. Just, we're not differentiating here. Uh, doing a little callback. Going, going back and watching the first Top Gun for breakfast all day was kind of a shocker because unlike our friend Amy Nicholson, who has written an entire book about the career of Tom Cruise. And who knows everything about And who knows everything there is to know. Is smarter than we are about the nuances of Tom Cruise's yes. life and career. I have not revisited an old Tom Cruise movie in quite some time. Right. And to see him in 1986. Planting as, the seeds of lunacy. As a, as a <laughs> baby. You know, and the, the thing, he is a one-man multiverse of madness. He actually. is, yes. And the thing about watching him now, it's it's not about. I mean, yes, obviously, he's thirty-six years older. Aren't we all? It's that in when you see him in nineteen eighty-six, all of his movie star charisma, mannerism stuff feels organic and just feels like he's just doing it. And you watch him now, and it's like he is impersonating himself. Like it's this mechanical recreation of what used to be like un un uh, just natural charm is what I'm trying to say. Here. Like the Chuck E. Cheese band, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like the rock and uh, 
whatever it was I called. I forget. But yeah. it, like, it, it basically, like, he's kind of baby Jane Hudson now. Oh. And, and not, really? not, not in that he's, like... Are you like, being harsh right not now? Not in or? that he is, like, dressing in a way that is untoward for his age or whatever. Right. But in that he is doing these mannerisms There's that... no such thing as dressing in a way that is untoward. Here. Well, exactly. Just, but... By the way. You know, you know look, oh, look, when baby Jane Hudson wears pinafores... <laughs> okay, well, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is that she she's still doing these little... The things that, like, a kid performer right. would do that's like you can get away with when you're eight but is a little sad when you're in your 40s he's doing the 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 stuff that used to come naturally to him in a way that now feels forced Hmm. so that was that was a little that and that didn't strike me watching the movie the first time because again they didn't rewatch top gun until afterwards but basically this movie is as i said in my review in the rap it is a gen x fantasy because you get to be the 50-something guy who's yeah. brought in to train the next generation's best and brightest. Oh, and you're better than all of them. Well, isn't that always the case, You're though? the coolest. With the people you're in their the, 50s. You're the most talented. Who know, you're the best. And who you're the know greatest. the most about things. Of course. And who need to teach the children <laughs> about who, things. Even though those children will never be as good. Not, and they won't appreciate it either. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, the new pilots are... At the end, no spoilers, but at the end, does everybody say, Maverick, you're the best. <laughs> and then applaud him Not in so many words, All but, right. I mean, they don't not do that. Because that's, uh, that's the whole reason I'm going. <laughs> the, the new pilots are mostly interchangeable, with the exception of Rooster. Is Kelly McGillis in it? Oh, Kelly McGillis has been erased from history. Then I'm not going. Like... In between movies, like Val Kilmer has become like the head ad- admiral of the Navy, and he gets a scene. It's actually nicely done. They incorporate the things that are happening in Val Kilmer's life right now, but they it, they make it work. It doesn't feel icky. But like Meg Ryan is dead. Uh, you know, like we're told about different characters from the first movie. Kelly McGillis not mentioned, not referenced, not seen. Like it's like she never happened. It's really insane. I won't that. stand for this. But the the one pilot who is you know who, who who stands out is Rooster, who's played by Miles Teller, who is the son of Goose, and uh, he has you know daddy issues and beef with Maverick. But you know, will they work it out? Take a wild guess. I bet, but uh, they do. You know, it's it, the first movie was so like yeah, let's let's mess around with Migs and somehow not start World War Three. And this movie has this mission where they have to like take out a nuclear, a, a, a uranium enrichment plant, but they never mention the country that it's located in. Right. And it's so complicated that you think they were blowing up the Death Star. Okay. It is literally like one ventilation port at the end of a mountain range yeah. that you then have to like. Listen, you know they got to have security for those uranium <laughs> uh, b- b- buildings. They they who the uranium <laughs> people. <laughs> I don't know. I no, one, seen no one knows. They don't. Kelly say, they McGillis. Don't, they don't Kelly McGillis owns the uranium. There we go. That's what she's the mastermind behind this whole thing. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is. It, if if you are just now going back to theaters... Why don't they mention her? I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. I'm annoyed by that. I am too. If, if, if you are, are just now going back to theaters or you haven't been back to theaters in a while and you just are hungry for spectacle... Dumb sensation? Yeah. Okay. You will get that in spades in, in this movie. It, it, but it's also 
you know, I, 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 the other thing I said in my review, it's like it's, it's everything good and everything bad from the first movie. Flying sequences, great. You know, sense of geopolitics, terrible. <laughs> right. And, and Tom Cruise is kind of just playing Tom Cruise at this point, um, which would be fine if in between movies like this, he were still doing cool stuff like he did, you know, throughout the, the 90s and the Eyes 2000s. Wide shut, for yes, example. You know, yeah. or Magnolia, or Color of Money, or Born yeah. on the Fourth of July. Or but, even uh, uh, Rock of Ages. Or even Rock of Ages. <laughs> yeah. But now all he's doing is this and Mission Impossible. Right. Like he's, because he controls everything that he does now. Well, exactly. He but, gets to run every element of it. Yeah. Right, but that's not interesting. It's not. No, I know that, but <laughs> I know is, why it he's it doing isn't. it. But yeah. I'm just saying he shouldn't. Um, is there any discernible Scientology stuff going on in this movie that you noticed? Not that. It? Not that I could tell. Right. But it again, it is it's not like Battlefield he, Earth. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> but he is again. Maverick is always the best. Right. And everything he does is right. Yes. And even like the stuff that he does that gets him into trouble with the brass is defensible. Sometimes you got to break the rules. Exactly. He's he's breaking the rules, but in doing so, he's generally doing so for a good reason. Like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he he takes off in this test aircraft that they've told him not to do, mainly because he wants, if he can get the test aircraft to go Mach 10, then the Navy won't shut down this whole division and just do drones from now on. I see. So he's doing it for the, he's doing it for the, 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 you know, the officer for the, what, what are they the called? officers and the gentlemen. Not the. What, what are the people under the officers called? The enlisted men. He's doing. Okay. He's doing it for the for the fellas. So the they troops. can for the troops. Exactly. The troops. So they can keep their gig. The making, troops are not just all enlisted men, though. They're, and women. Yes. Aren't there? There is a lady pilot in okay. this movie. Um, but, Again, with the what's my line joke. Sorry. Yes. Are, are you, you a lady are you pilot? A lady plumber. Um, yeah. So even even when he breaks the rules, he's doing it for a good reason. And and. Even when he is supposed to train other people to do this complicated thing, you know that, of course, he's going to have to do the complicated thing because he's Maverick and it's his movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, how many free tickets do I get with my AMC Stubbs situation? You get like 10 a month or something. Really? Maybe not 10 a month. No. You, you get a bunch. Do I get, like, could I go to a movie... Twice a week at an AMC theater with my stubs. I think I and and not have it cost me anything actually, no, other be, than the amount I pay. Now that you say that, I believe your A list gets you three a week. Wow. Yeah. Okay, off I go. All right. I'm gonna maverick it up. Danger zone on a Tuesday afternoon. There you go. Uh, find an AMC with a D box. No. No, that will cost more. Will it? Does the stubs get me a D box ticket? Maybe. Hmm. I'll investigate. I have no idea. No, I don't want a D-Box ticket. I don't want to be jostled. And I, I don't want to be turned upside down and do a throw-up. You're up. not going to be turned upside <laughs> down. You might do a throw-up, but that's something else entirely. I Listen, I'm very fragile right now, and I don't want to be jostled. <laughs> you, I was going to make a reference, but it's to a movie we're reviewing next week, so I'll leave it be. <laughs> He's talking about the new Cronenberg. Yes. We've both seen it. Yes. Um We'll be reviewing it next week. Yes, we will. It's a it's a it's a treat. It's a dilly. It is a treat. It's a bodies being penetrated by weird things treat. It, it's the anti Top Gun Maverick. I'll say that. <laughs> yes, and I haven't even seen it. 
Top Gun Maverick yet, but I know it is the ante. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's what's going on right now. Yes. You have to hop into another podcast. Into another podcast. So we're going to push these letters okay. to next time. And we have to get you out of here so you can do your thing. Okay. Um, and move along so that you your sparkling career as a podcaster extraordinaire, Boom. as they called you on the uh, Pure, uh, Pure Cinema, Cinema podcast. podcast that you were a guest on this week. Go the, listen to the PCP. that. You're talking about pride, 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 pride. Well, it's a, it's the June schedule of, more of the new Beverly, and they're doing a lot of pride programming. Everything from, you know, Happy Together and a tribute to producer uh, Dolly Hall to um, Windows and Partners. Despicable <laughs> films that you should see anyway. Yes, because for your sense of you history. You won't believe they exist yeah. when you watch them. You can't believe anybody ever thought this was a good idea. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Linoleum Knife, where we yeah. have lots of other shows Content. and club meetings and fun things for you that you'll enjoy things if you enjoy do. this kind of thing. Um, thank you, Blue, for our theme music. Uh, he and his wonderful work are at blue, B-L-E-U dot bandcamp dot com. Um, follow us at LinoleumCast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, drop us a line at linoleumpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us in all the streamy places, almost all the streamy places, uh, including Spotify and um, Google Play and Amazon Music and CastBox and Podbean and, uh, and Stitcher, of course. And anyway, uh, we have a lot of fun stuff for you next time, which will be great, including um, Crimes of the Future and Fire Island and Benediction. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Until then, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend and goodbye.